We've all imagined them, or maybe even seen them on TV or in a movie. Epic conquests that test your outermost limits and change what you believe is possible. Maybe it's crossing an Ironman finish line or finishing 100 miles through the Rocky Mountains. But with work and family and bills, those often seem out of reach for the average guy. Or maybe they're just reserved for the lucky ones who train for a living or have less on their plates. Well, we're just not willing to accept that. Yes, we have jobs and wives and kids, and we certainly aren't pro athletes. We're just average dudes, rejecting an average life. This is the 3OK Runners Podcast. Welcome back to the 3OK Runners Podcast. This is episode number 28. This is Jeff coming to you with Brother Jared and Chief, and we're about to talk all things Leadville. We arrived and have been here for a few days and have tremendously grown in our appreciation of the area and adjusted a little bit of how we are going to tackle this 100 miles. So let's kick it off and get right after it. So I felt pretty good on the day of arrival. However, it changed as soon as we got here. So let's hear what you guys think. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, one of the big questions always when you're going to a race at elevation is, you know, how do I prepare for that? How early do I need to get there to try to acclimate? Um, and you see so many different takes on this from get there the day before, do the race and leave before altitude hits you. Um, you'll hear that take. You hear the, you know, if you can't be there at least two weeks early, then you're dead. So you might as well not consider finishing anyway. <laughs> Just forget it. Give us your money. And go <laughs> yeah. on. So, and, and then everything in between that. Um, so we got here to Leadville Saturday, um, kind of Saturday evening, which is exactly one week before the race starts. Um and so that's that's what we've done, and we'll see how it works. I mean, that's kind of the reason we started the podcast was one of the questions we had was, well, how how soon do we get there? And there the the, the information is so sporadic. There's nobody that hones in on it and says this is what you do. It's kind of a body for body, person for person. And when we came up here in June and ran, definitely could feel the elevation, but. I was a lot more comfortable about us coming up just a week early due to that. But we were sitting around talking about last night. I think you just cannot replace fitness when it comes to elevation and when you're acclimating to altitude. Yeah, altitude's a real thing. But if you're not coming here fit, ready to go, I don't know if you could acclimate as long as you want. I don't know how much it would help you at the end of the day. But I do feel better. Every day is getting better and better. And the Garmin watch will tell you as you, it'll tell you, hey, you're getting your current elevation acclimate whatever to the altitude it says six 6100 feet right now so goes up every day and um i mean we've been doing a lot of good exercising around here yeah so that jeff the first day we got here um the next morning we went out and just kind of did some walking on the trail that runs around leadville um and there's some pretty good climbing in that trail we got about six miles in we would run a little bit but like 30 45 seconds um and i know that first day I felt the altitude. Yeah, I, I did also. Um, you know, I, I had a little bit of a headache, which I attributed to the altitude waking up. And we got out for that little hike, and the weather's beautiful, and you're, you're kind of distracted by the scenery. And, you know, you're finally here, and I'm sure there's a little bit of adrenaline with that. But, you know, we would run, you know, three or four um, power line poles, and all of a sudden I'm breathing hard, and I'm thinking, well, that's not even a quarter of a mile. And so I'm glad that that day is behind me because 
you know, Sunday after getting here Saturday afternoon to watch the mountain bike finish. Um, Sunday was a very difficult day. I did not feel up to par um, in any exertion. I felt like, wow, I'm having to take really deep mouth open breaths, you know. Um, so I'm glad that that subsided. Yeah, you know, one thing I noticed, obviously I noticed it with like heart rate and, and breathing, um, but also like just my body felt terrible. Um, my back was bothering me while we were walking. I was having to try to stretch my back out. I mean, obviously we spent almost 12 hours in the car the day before. So all of that, I guess, is to be expected, but it's, I just didn't feel very good. Um, and so, you know, when you add on the heart rate and breathing stuff, it, it just sort of compounds, but um, but it didn't stay that way very long. No, it sure didn't. You know, Chief, back to your point of, you know, fitness translates, the more fit you are, I believe, you know, the faster you can adapt. And I would say by Sunday night and definitely Monday, which would be roughly 48 hours, maybe pushing into the third day, I felt very good and have continued to feel even better. And now it's becoming a not a problem, but it's becoming something now where I, I feel energetic, I feel ready to go, and here we are back and way down, not doing anything. It's like, okay, I feel good. This is the feeling I've been waiting for. And uh, we have four days left, three days left. So Three days left, yeah. Three days. And and it's like, now it's ready, right? Yeah. Like, yep. come on with it. I, I'm tired of waiting on it. I'm tired yeah. of thinking about it. Yeah, that's true, Chief. I don't have the Garmin watch, but um, on my Koros, it does say that my fatigue is low and I'm in the performance zone and I am 100% recovered, ready for hard training. Mine said it was, I was peaking on my watch. Nice. After we were coming off of that last one yesterday. I'm feeling pretty so good about it. It's good. I mean, I, I am, I think what you're, what we're trying to say is like, we're, we're, I think we're coming out of our taper week really well. And we've got, we're, we're real refreshed, uh, injury free, feeling good, starting to get better to the elevation here. And now it's like, all right, like, it's kind of, Do y'all want to know what my watch says? Yeah, what is this? A, it gives me the time in Central Standard Time, <laughs> so I have to adjust. I have so, to do the one hour change in my sure, head. Sure. I've got to do that, um, and I don't know how recovered I am. Yeah, that's, so it's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. The uh, I think the one thing is heart rate is real quick to kind of peak up a little bit at the elevation. That's one thing I've noticed. Breathing not as labored as I kind of was expecting in some of the runs we've done, but I have noticed like you can get your heart rate out of control pretty quick. Like that first day I was here, I did a one hour run and I went pretty hard on the run, but I look at my watch is like 180. I was like, wow, I don't feel 180, but the heart rate definitely is there. And I know that Jared, same way, and it may not be the trailer, but I've been sleeping like, like crap since we've been here. And that may be an elevation thing. It may be, I know I wake up in the middle of the night and we have been sleeping in the camper. Campers, I love the mobile studio. But I have not been sleeping very well in the studio. So <laughs> he's been in the bunkhouse on the single bed, and uh, yeah, you know, Jared's out here in the living room <laughs> sleeping at the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got the camper out here, um, and we're at the RV corral, and and it's just an absolute prime location. Yeah, and we so walk everywhere. We walk everywhere, and it has been good. I think it will be good for us for the whole time that we're here. You know, but, we lucked out, too, in our spot. We, we got a spot right next to some guys that we met um, from Dallas. One of them was doing the lead man competition, and so he was here for the bike race, and he's staying over and doing the 100-mile race, the last leg of the lead man. And, uh, and I know just even him talking about that has Chief sort of interested in the lead man. Yes, it does. You know, it doesn't hurt that he's been quite successful at the Leadville race before also. Yeah. Um, and so 
I'm not about to entertain lead man talk right now. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I just want to get through Saturday. What do you Sunday? mean, me neither? You've been talking about it for three days. I'm ready to sign up today. Don't, don't, I get, I heard that don't today. get shy now. <laughs> but in true fashion, we are campers right next to somebody else that's done the race, has tons of experience, really well, like has a lot of experience in just running in general. Very fit guy. His name's Eric. And he's doing the lead man, which I had heard of lead man, but I really know what it was. It's six events. It's the marathon. The Silver Rush 50K. 50 mile. 50, 50 mile. 50 miler. Uh, you do the mountain bike, the 10K. Um, I know I'm missing one. Yeah. Yeah, because your math is off. In the I, I don't like public math to begin with. So. <laughs> and then the 100 mile race. But he's uh, he's at his end now. He's got the 100 mile. He finishes it and he gets a lead man. Yeah. Uh, whatever whatever that costs. Yeah, we're pulling for him. Uh, we're Absolutely. we're going to start together, I think, on race morning. Yeah. He's probably tired of us asking him questions. Yeah, that's probably uh, true. Um, but he did start writing things down. Maybe that's well, because we've been asking him too much. He doesn't want to repeat it. Him and Jeff really kicked it off. Really- <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this. I love anybody that gives the mile-by-mile mile breakdown. That's that, what I was going to say. That was tremendously so, helpful. There have been, since we arrived in Leadville and kind of you know turned full focus toward getting ready for the race... Um, and kind of preparing a plan for, for getting it done. There's been a lot of things that I've adjusted or changed completely that I was not planning on. Sure. Um, and I, I think a lot of us have done that. So I'll start with some of the, the major things that I've done different. I had no intention of using any poles for the entire course. We came out when we did the preview in June. I didn't have poles, and I never really felt like, oh, I wish I had poles. And so I thought that told me, ah, I don't need them. And you hear, you know, different takes on, on this too. I've gotten a few messages from listeners that were encouraging me to rethink my stance on polls. Um, and so I did. Um, yeah, but the story of how you decided to get the polls is a great one. <laughs> because we're just, you know, browsing and shopping in a local store. And lo and behold, somebody has returned a set of polls and they're half price. And the first person that hears about it is you. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. like, it was like, the, to it was the nudge I needed. <laughs> and so I got a, I got a set of poles. Um, and, and then the following morning we took them out to power line and did the power line hike. And not three minutes into that hike, guys, I thought I'm really happy. I have poles. Uh, and so I, I love them and now I'm, I'm using them where I shouldn't be using them. That's how much I like. I'm overusing the poles. He actually walked to town with his poles. <laughs> I'm just getting used to carrying them around, you know. I mean, they're part of me at this point. So yeah, so I've I've changed that. I'm I'm doing poles. I'm using them. I'm actually going to use. I'm going to pick them up at May Queen and use them on Sugarloaf and drop them back off at Outward Bound, and then get them again for Twin Lakes and and do hope with them. But um, but I I I had never used poles before, and so I was kind of nervous of like, man, if I get them, am I even going to know how to use them to help me? Um, it's not that hard. No, it's not. And, you know, that that little day trip to try out the poles convinced me to use poles also. Uh, I am not going to use them at the same areas that you are. I'm going to pick them up at Twin Lakes, take them up and over Hope, and probably pick them up again to do Powerline. Uh, but, you know, we, we chose one of the most difficult places on the race course to try out those poles. And for somebody like me who doesn't know anything about them, just... The ability to get your body underneath you and your hips underneath you and take off just a little bit of stress off of your legs. Um, you know, I used them for what, 250 yards, hand them back and said, okay, I'll, I'm going to get some. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's amazing what standing upright 
does for your breathing when you're not hunched over your knees. And I, you know, just uh, naive about all that beforehand. Yeah. So. Did you get yours half price? I did not. Um, <laughs> I actually had to go with a different model so as to avoid the full price. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those polls can get outrageous. That was that was kind of why I was holding back. I was like, man, sure. I don't. If if I'm not going to use these, I don't want to buy them for one race. And yeah, uh, you know what though? They're not actually that difficult to maneuver. Just carrying them, they don't bother me at all. No, just yeah. run them with them in your hand. That. They're they're surprisingly um, easy to maneuver. Yeah. So, chief, what's your take on polls? So. <laughs> Chief's not going with polls. I'm going on my own. I didn't actually try the polls because I'm afraid of what I'm missing. And the whole time I'm going to be like, damn, I wish I had polls. Right. And so I'm not, I didn't even try them, but I can see where the benefits can lie in the polls. I, I think it's one of those things that it doesn't hurt to take with you. And if you don't want it, leave it at an aid station. Leave yeah. it with somebody. If you're like, oh, this is not for me. Am I working? Uh, I just didn't, I just haven't been training with them. And I just was one thing that I would, didn't want to adjust in my game plan. It's not a big deal. I could see the benefits. I did think about today that I was like, you know, pro tip, if you really wanted the poles, I'm sure you go to a local ski shop and rent a pair of poles from them. Use them for the race and return. There's a couple here in town and you could, they would probably let you use the poles. I'm not sure if they'd be all that happy with you smashing them in the dirt for a hundred miles, but <laughs> I'm sure they have some old ones, something, you know, like if you did, if you didn't have the money to do it, that might be an option or you could rent some, even from Denver, wherever, bring them up with you. That way you're not having to, because those poles are super nice. They fold up, they're really light, but there are an expensive piece of equipment and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of expensive running equipment, but that would be one of them, right? Okay, so you didn't change your pole game plan. What, what have you changed since you've gotten to Leadville, Chief? So, big Big game plan change uh, after talking with Eric because you look at that pace chart that they give you on the Leadville website and it's like, all right, well, um, let's go 20 and a half hour finish. That gives me buffer hour and a half if I run into problems. I'm still under 30. And it's got some pretty hard miles at the beginning, like 1030 or better for the first to May Queen, right? And then we talk with Eric who has done the race and finished it. And he's done it. He tried it twice now, right? And he did finish the race. And he's like, look, he showed us his splits. He's like, he didn't run a faster for after the first four miles. There wasn't a mile like faster than 11 minutes. I think everything was slower than 11 minutes after four miles. And so he tells you like, you're going to get in that Congo line once you hit the, hit the lake and you're going to expend a lot of energy trying to keep your pace in which that's what I would have done. I would have expended a lot of energy trying to pass people and it's hard passing and you got to pick a spot and then hurry past them. And so you get kind of those, you know, jumping over rocks, right? You're like, you get injured and. For me, I would have had a lot of anxiety initially in the race, been like, "Oh man, here's my game plan. I'm, I was already out the window." You would you would yeah. start off way behind what you're yeah. expecting, and so by seeing him, I have adjusted my paces to a point that I'm extremely comfortable with what the pace charts are. Like I think are 12, 30, 13 minute miles for that all the way into May Queen. The first three or four is like ten thirties, you know, because downhill it's big wide open dirt road. But May Queen, I mean, expecting very low miles, very slow miles. Uh, going into outward bound and stuff, and to the point where we are all coming together after talking with Eric and saying, I think we could run a bulk of this race together, which we hadn't anticipated. No, we, I mean, that's another huge change that we've made just this week. We had planned to not stay together for any part of the race. We, you know, we train a lot together, and so we do a lot of runs at the same pace, but we don't naturally all run the same pace. Um, and so, you know, it has to be an intentional thing for us to stay together on any kind of training run. And so our game plan coming into this week was that we were not going to try to stay together at all because it would have, you know, 
you know, one of us going too fast, one of us going too slow or whatever. Well, having kind of really dug into the pacing of this race, I think there are a lot of benefits to all of us trying to stay together for a long time, I think. I mean, I'm thinking well past a marathon, we're probably still together. I think so. I think going, I could see us, barring anybody doesn't have any issues, I could see us all the way into Twin Lakes together. And after Twin Lakes, uh, I can see us splitting over the pass and then definitely split up. If we're still together going back into Twin Lakes inbound, once we get the Pacers, I definitely want to split. It's just, I think there's too much of us. It's the dark. We need to kind of start to, you know, split off and run the race home at that point. But another big thing for me, and I had heard it before, but Eric said, if you're there at Twin Lakes inbound before the sun goes down, you could basically power hike at home and you're going to be good. And that gave me a lot of like, okay, like that. Yeah, but it's not easy to get to Twin Lakes inbound no. with the sun up. No, that's no. 62 miles. Yeah. Um, and that's that's assuming, you know, weather doesn't mess with you and you're having a good day. I think we're going to get lucky on the weather this year. I don't know. Knock on wood. It's way too early for Knock me to wood. say that. Well, if, having it's been rained here every now, day. that's what I was going to say. I've been yeah. here now for four days. I am confident we're getting rained on at some point. Yeah, it rains every afternoon. And it's cold. When it gets when the clouds roll in <laughs> and it starts raining, it's cold. Cold enough that like I come inside. I don't sit outside anymore. No. And it's it, we went up today, another thing that we've done while we're here to kind of maybe speed up our act. I, I can never pronounce the darn word, but getting accustomed to elevation, we sped it up, I thought, is we went up to Iowa Gulch, which is 12,000 feet, and had lunch up there, and uh, it was chilly up there. It was like, it was said, the thing said 68 degrees, but it felt like 50 up there. When, and uh, Any, this is, this is classic of places that are dry. When you're in the sun, it's hot. Even though, you know, it may be 70 degrees, when you're in the sun, it feels hot. When you're not in the sun... It gets really cool really fast, um, and that's what I, that's what I've noticed. You know, even when we sit out here in front of the camper, you know, when it gets five o'clock and that sun tucks down, I'm quickly getting sweats on. That's how, and I've I've warned my pacers like guys overnight. It's cold, and I'm talking like cold. Yeah, and you that's good advice because we've been getting a lot of the opposite advice. Like, hey, it's going to be warm up there. You're going to be sweating. Don't worry about the cold at Hope Pass. And I mean, we ran across a pretty elite runner today when he was running uh, in Iowa Gulch, which was really cool to see. But he he was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be warm. Don't worry. You guys, just get up and get over the pass, which is great advice. Don't hang out. You guys are from sea level. Yeah. Get over the pass and go. He had been sleeping up there at elevation. Like, this guy is a pretty legitimate runner. And um, for us, he's like, hey, it's going to be warm. You're probably going to have your heart rate up. But me, I'm not. I am going to plan on it to be chilly. I'm stopping. I'm eating. It's going to be cloudy, potentially rainy. Just one thing I don't want to worry about, right? Contingency plan. If it's warm, all right, leave it in the pack then. No big deal. I'd rather have it with me than not at all. Yeah, I think you can really um, derail your race by counting on weather in an unpredictable area and being wrong. And so I'm not sure the risk is worth the benefit there. So I think I'll prepare for the worst weather. And if it's great, then I won't take the time to get my pack out and change. Um, But I, I do think it's very chilly at night. It will be very chilly when we're exhausted, and I think planning on that, it's going to be cold when we start. Yeah. You know, part of the trouble with trying to figure out what you're going to run in is you're going to start when it's, you know, mid-30s, high-30s at 4 a.m., and in 
five hours, it's going to be up in the fifties and you're going to be in the trees with no wind, the sun on you. And so you're, you're going to have to deal with some elements uh, at the aid stations and with your crew. And, you know, back to your question, Jared, I think the thing that I have changed, that's the biggest, biggest thing in my plan is I had planned to use drop bags everywhere and have the crew be kind of my extra support to help make sure that I've got what I need. And I think I'm, I'm going to use a drop bag at Winfield and I'm going to allow the crew to do the crew job. And I think that takes a lot of stress off of me doing that. And I think my crew chief is quite capable. Um, she's so I don't capable. Think... She's so capable. You got her a six gallon jug of water today. <laughs> <laughs> 50 pounds of water. She she's going to be lugging into the aid stations. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think, honestly, listen, all of us have, maybe not completed, but are working on some pretty detailed race plans and crew, I'm going to say instructions, I don't know if that's the right word, but like, here's what I want from the crew at this aid station, right? And we all have some very, very detailed things in that regard that I think are good for preparing, but you and I know, Chief, you know too, things are going to be different in the moment. Things are going to, you're not going to feel the way you thought you were going to feel. You're not going to want what you thought you were going to want. And so you're doing this plan knowing that like the plan's going to get thrown out the window and we're all going to be adjusting on the fly, which is kind of like, that's the exciting part. That's why, why the crew is so important, right? Is because if you could just create the plan beforehand and say, Hey, if you just do these five things, success, well, crewing would be the easiest job in the world. And we know that it's not. And I think it's not because that detailed plan we all put together, you know, may last for the first aid station. And then the reality of, you know, racing at altitude and everything else kicks in. Yeah, the best thing you could do for your pacer is just to communicate everything that you're kind of expecting about the race, your game plan. So then kind of know where your head's at. Like the, my, my wife understands that, okay, we're playing for ramen noodles. We're playing for quesadillas and we're playing for pizza. But we know good and well, I may not even want any of that. Like, get that corn out of my face. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that corn. So, who knows what I'm going to want. Like Jared said, everything changes in the middle of the race. That's what makes it kind of fun is being, a, being able to adapt. Well, I, I think, Chief, empower your crew and your pacer to, like, own this. Yeah. You, you know, the, the, the crew role is to do whatever we can do to make sure that I keep going and leave aid stations having what I need. And I'm prepared, you know, empower them to own that role so that they don't feel like it's just, oh, my God, I got to anticipate whatever he wants. I got to read his mind. I got. It's not like that, right? I mean, it's a collaborative thing, even in the moment. When we were going over game plans today, you said something I think that everybody needs to hear is you had a checklist for your wife as you leave it. Bladder full, bottles full, nutrition, salt tabs. Because you're going to have, like you said, everybody wants to help, right? You know, it could be a detrimental thing if you leave the aid station and your bladder's empty, but yeah. I thought you filled the bladder. My, my biggest fear was, you know, between my wife, who's who's crew chief, and then my pacers, who will be here and helping out at aid stations, right? My biggest fear was my wife thought my pacer was filling up my reservoir. My pacer thought my wife was filling up my reservoir, and I get a mile out of there and go to take a drink and my reservoir's empty. Right. And so I, I did a checklist so that my wife can walk with me out of the aid station and she can say it out loud. Reservoir full. 
Yes, yes. And we can kind of confirm everything that has to be true when I leave the aid station is in fact true. And we can say it out loud. So we'll, we'll see if it works. I think it's a great idea. Absolutely great idea. But I mean, game plan wise, mine's just trying to eat as much solid food as I can. As, and like you, we're again, we're talking about game plan today and some little things change. You're like, take one, eat one. I'm like, perfect. So I added to best menu. I was like, hey, I want to do burritos now. I want a burrito to eat. I want a burrito to take. Same thing coming out of Outward Bound. I want a burrito. I want a quesadilla to eat. I want a quesadilla to take. I can walk down the road and eat it if I want. Or you're saying the aid stations. We don't know what's going to be at the aid stations. It's maybe something I don't even want. I have a quesadilla with me, right? Yeah, that's, uh, I think those are all great plans. And I, you know, hope they go as close to plan as possible because that would, that would imply that everything is going quite well. Um, and I, I think, you know, the crew chiefs that we have are quite capable of adjusting. Um, you know, I, I think in, in my case, my wife is more capable of adjusting than I am. And so I, I am happy to give those reins to her because that will be one less decision for me. And I can focus on my job, which is to try to get aid station to aid station in as good a shape as I can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that the, the week leading up is, you know, a little overwhelming with what you have to plan for if you allow yourself to try to plan for everything. And so I think it's super important to just kind of maintain a frame of mind of, you know, the, these are just guidelines. Like this is not a set in stone thing. This is, this is a scratch through every time I have a better idea and upgrade it. It's not something that you have to stick to no matter how you're feeling, no matter what your pace is, no matter what the weather is. I think, you know, over the course of a hundred miles, not only mentally, but physically, but also with your pan, your, your plan, your crew, your pacers, it's all going to be just a tremendous lesson in adjusting on the fly. And I am looking That's forward what, to it. That, that honestly, in some way, sort of embodies endurance sports yes, events, right? It is, I mean, because it never goes the way it's supposed to. It never goes the way it's supposed to. And in it's you always learn a little more, and then you think, oh, I've figured something out. And so the next race, you try to duplicate exactly that, and it doesn't work for some reason, right? And so then you're even adjusting something that you had already confirmed works, um, and so I think that kind of, in a lot of ways, embodies endurance racing. It's just a matter of, can you adjust? Can you work the problem when it arises? Because obviously it's, it's going to, if, if you push yourself long enough and hard enough, problems are going to happen. Yeah. There's too many things that are outside of your actual control, um, for it to go to plan every time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's 770 other runners that are going to be hitting that aid station while you're doing that. I mean, just the sheer logistics of that um, can create a little bit of anxiety. And, you know, the worst case scenario, as I'm thinking today, is, oh, if I leave an aid station and I didn't get done what I want to, what does that mean down the road? Well, who knows what that means? You know, it's not worth worrying about. But in the back of my mind, that's something that I think about. So, so let's tell people what you're doing, like food-wise, just primarily. Obviously, all of us use... Um, Goose, waffles, um, Tailwind. Chief and I both use Tailwind. Jeff, I know you use Perpetuum. It's a hammer product. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all use kind of, I'm going to call those like supplement type stuff. Sure. Um, but in terms of what you're hoping to do solid food wise, what are you guys primarily relying on? Okay. Morning of, I've, I've been doing this since we've been training all of our big runs. The morning of, I eat a big bowl of oatmeal. I want to eat oatmeal, coffee, 
get my stomach, get a lot of good slow digesting carbs in there. Fig Newton bars, while between aid stations, good calories, easy to eat, soft. And then uh, burritos for May Queen. What kind of burritos? I want egg, sausage, and cheese burritos. Okay. And then at hour bound, I want two cups of ramen and two quesadillas and Twin Lakes. I'm going to take five minutes. These are these are aid stations. I'm talking one to two minute stops. And I'm going to eat as much as I can and walk out of that aid station to keep moving, right? But outward bound, I like to take five minutes if we have the time. Five Twin minutes to really eat. Twin Lakes? I'm sorry. Twin Lakes. Really eat. And there, we're going to get some of the Mountain High Pies pizza. Have a couple slices, hopefully warm, <laughs> before we go over the pass. So you're planning pizza there. Pizza. So basically, you're doing burri- breakfast burritos yep. early. Yep. You're doing ramen and quesadillas, cheese quesadillas. Yep. Um... And you're doing pizza. Pizza. With fig bars in between. Fig bars in between. And then coming home is going to be ramen and quesadillas. As long as that's, that's what I want to yeah. eat. Right. Jeff, what, what about you in terms of real food? Uh, I'm a liquid nutrition guy first. That's not uh, real food, dude. And so I uh, I love liquid nutrition as long as I can stomach it. And then I'm a, a peanut butter and honey and peanut butter and jelly guy. Uh, two every aid station and take one. Um, I don't know how many calories are in that, but it's two sandwiches. Choke down one and take the other two with me, one on each side. Um, and then I think I'll go with a burrito at Twin Lakes. And I think I'll go with what a, kind of burrito? Egg and sausage or what? No. So I'm I'm not a big fan of the meat, the bacon, and the sausage and stuff like that in it. So I'll probably go um, eggs, maybe eggs and cheese, uh, but something just pretty bland and. Man, That's you know it. those little McDonald's breakfast burritos? <laughs> Golly, those are so good. Mm-hmm. If there's so, any way my wife could whip those up, <laughs> I would really be happy. So I'm going to do that at Twin Lakes and get out of there. And then I, I think I'm going to try to hit ramen at either the Hope Pass or the Winfield or both. Um, and I'm, I may, depending on how much I can get in me at Twin Lakes, I may skip the Hope Pass aid station on the way up, hit Winfield, hit Hope Pass again, then hit Twin Lakes, coming back in and get ready for nighttime. Um, but that's, that's my plan. And then I, I do, uh, hammer gels and I also do the little, um, Laura bars. I really, I really like those. Golly, those things are disgusting to me. Oh, I love them. 220 calories each time. It's awesome. I also do insure plus. Let me introduce you to a cliff bar. (laughs) So I also do, um, the insure plus, which is 350 calories. It's a liquid. Yeah. I just, those things are, uh. I will sometimes do the protein type drinks uh-huh. that a lot of times they don't do well on my stomach. Yeah. Um, and so I do better with real food for sure. some reason. I, I don't know why. Um, I think you and I are, are used to very different things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to eating a lot and you're used to drinking. Calories. <laughs> drinking a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, burritos in the morning, eggs and potatoes. Um, and then I'm going to switch by outward bound. I'm going to start doing ramen and I'm probably going to eat more ramen than I have eaten since college, um, <laughs> in the span of 24 hours. But, um, I'm going to do ramen and cheese quesadilla and those are going to be kind of a, I always want those available. And if I don't end up wanting them when I get there, great. But chances are, I have never not been enticed by ramen doing any of these. And so I feel like, and and for me, obviously with the cramping and salt stuff, it's so important for me to get that sodium. So I'm doing the ramen and cheese quesadillas. Um, I'm also going to take a couple cheese pizza slices, um, at twin lakes and up over hope. But, um, so we have similar 
food game plans. Similar food game plans, yeah. I've got one major ingredient in mine. Okay. Pringles. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll do Pringles. You always like the Pringles and Coke combo. I do. I love the Pringles and Coke. I'll start that at Outward Bound. See, I, so I, I like that type of stuff, too, but I feel like every aid station at every race has some sort of salty snack, and yeah. so... Um, you, as long as it's not pretzels, I, the pretzels you can't swallow. No, dude, yeah, Pringles is where it's at. Yeah, you, you can't you. you can't swallow the pretzels. So I don't know why they always have pretzels. They should do yeah. Pringles. They should do chips. Pringles is awesome. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think that's and a doc, my one additional for me is Dr Pepper. I'll have a Dr Pepper at any of the Hour Bound Twin Lakes. Yeah, because see, so you just make it hard on yourself because they usually don't have Dr Pepper. They have Coke, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, I don't want Coke. I want Dr Pepper. Which I don't know why you would add that difficulty. Just take the Coke, right? I mean, it's the same thing, but I understand. That's good. Do you? It's an open no, I really don't. No, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me to add, you know, add something to Best Plate. Like, honey, I know they have Coke, but I prefer Dr. Pepper, okay? Is that too much to ask? What are you going to do like Mount Elbert Mini uh, Aid Station? I heard they have water and uh, water Coke. And Coke. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm like, shit, I can't drink that. It's, it's not Dr. Dr. Is this Dr. Pepper? Where's the Dr. Pepper? Do you have any Mr. Pib option? Anything? <laughs> The uh, I don't drink a lot of pop, but if I do, I do like Dr Pepper. Yeah. So that was just it's not all Coke. I'll drink it too, but if I had a preference, I got I got twenty bucks as Chief ends up drinking Coke from about sixty in. Sure. Now I refuse to drink it. I will, I will, <laughs> hey, do I'm it kidding. at your own peril. <laughs> yeah, I remember at sixty you're on your own. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. where he's trying to. I heard him say, yeah. "Listen, if we're together at sixty, we gotta split up. We have to split it." Yeah, I'll go ahead and go jump out there. I'm, I'm not on my own on this one. We all agreed to the same topic, so. <laughs> No, I'm oh, that's a good one. So we've got a pretty good mix of what our plan is for nutrition-wise. Now, um, one of the one of the benefits that I believe we will have is we will have all of the options because all of our wives will be there. And if we're staying together for the first, you know, half of the race or you know, sixty miles in, if you decide you want something else, there will be plenty of options there for us. Yeah. Plus, we haven't even taken into account what will be at the aid station. Well, that's that's a good point. And I forgot one thing that I want to add food-wise late. So when it's dark and cold, I want hot coffee and pancakes. I'm not sure why that's what I feel like I'm going to want, but those are the two things. It's because the pancakes I made the other morning. I didn't even try them. Oh. I'm saving them. Oh, that arrow right in the heart. I'm, I'm saving the boost for nice. when it actually happens. That's a good one. Syrup, so, no syrup. Syrup. Syrup? Yeah. Does anybody have pancakes with no syrup? What's wrong with you? No, nobody does. Dr. Pepper guy over here? <laughs> <laughs> no syrup? I'm just trying to think of you trying to Ham, no burger? <laughs> we got cereal, no milk? You laid no sugar? What are you doing, dear? So yeah, I'm just trying to picture you with poles, a cup of coffee, pancakes, and syrup. <laughs> Marching down the trail. I don't have poles very often at night. Okay. Right? Only up power line. Yeah, hour bound. So you're coming out of Twin Lakes, pancakes. If, if it's dark, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a yeah. dark thing where I, I want a hot cup of coffee. If I've gone sure. from cold liquid to hot coffee, it's time for pancakes. Yep. Man, like listen, the hot stuff is going to be key, I think. That's going to be definitely That's have, why the ramen is so good. Yeah. Yeah, when the it, ramen, I think, is a good... The ramen is a good one for me, right about the halfway point, right in that little... Twin Lakes, Hope Pass, Winfield area. That's probably where I will hit that up. Uh, we haven't even discussed our management of caffeine. You're talking about going in tonight with a cup of coffee. Like, what's your plan for caffeine? Are you starting early in the morning? Are you holding off the whole, as long as possible? So I have been off of caffeine for the entire month of August. 
which is probably one of the more impressive things I've ever done in my life. Um, <laughs> Besides the Big Texan. <laughs> it's way it ranks up there, really. I mean, no coffee for me and eating the Big Texan are two of my prouder moments. Um, and so I've been off, and I'm going to introduce it hot and heavy at Twin Lakes. I'm going to take a cold brew, like a Starbucks cold brew, and just hammer it. Um, and then I'm going to maintain caffeine the rest of it. Now, my Tailwind has some caffeine in it. I, I don't use the non-caffeine version sure. um, because I don't like to have multiple tailwinds. And once I get a flavor, I sort of want to stick with it. Sure. Um, and so I will have some caffeine from the very beginning because it's in tailwind, but I'm not going to do the caffeine goose and I'm not going to start drinking coffee until late in the race. Cause hopefully I, it will give me a real, I'm looking forward to that coffee at twin lakes, even like now. And so I think, you know, in the race, it's going to be, you know, multiplied. Yeah, I um, I also have been off caffeine, and I'm starting at Twin Lakes inbound, and I'll start low. I've got it ranked out 20 milligrams, 20 milligrams, 40, 50, and I'll build it through the night. See, that's just not any caffeine, though. Well, 20 milligrams caffeine, right? That's what's in a caffeine goo, not even the Roctane version, the, the regular right, version. Right, but I've also got my little waffles that have them, I got and you. my liquid IV has, I want to say, a hundred and something milligrams, a couple cups of coffee's worth of caffeine in there. Gotcha. And so I, I will slowly build that through the night so that if I, I can If I could find like a, the, the Black Rifle cold brew out here with like 340 milligrams of yeah. caffeine, I would hit that about every chance I could. I have not slowed down my coffee, my coffee <laughs> or caffeine intake one bit. I've been hammering it, and I'm going to keep hammering caffeine. So the... Uh, I understand why you guys are doing it. I just don't have the self-discipline to regulate my caffeine intake for that long. So surprisingly, if I can get through the morning, it's not that big a deal. I'm not Jared. I'm not like you where I, I was, have a couple pots throughout the day. Yeah, I usually right. am like a one cup, maybe two cup every morning and eliminating that first cup. If I can get through that, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. See, I have I've, being diagnosed with narcolepsy. I do have a, a stimulant that's prescribed to me to keep me awake during the day. And so, Coffee, no coffee, doesn't really, I have that stimulant that I take, so, sure. which I'll take in the morning of the race, you know, which I'll need, so I'm going to be fired up either way. So. PED, that's what they call that. They call that performance <laughs> that's right. that's a, that's a I PED. call that a disability enhancer. That's a PED. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, okay, so um, we've kind of talked about our plan. How are you guys feeling? We're three days out, like, where are you at mentally, confidence-wise? I Like we said earlier, I feel like I'm... I'm Ready to go. I got the horses on the wagon. Like, let's go. I'm ready to hit the starting line. I realize, though, that these next couple days are very crucial. Just taking it easy. Relax. Taking some calories. Get your feet up. Maybe do some, you know, self uh, check on anything that's kind of aching you. Do some Self-love? Is that like is that what you were going to do? Yeah. Okay. Well, rolling out there again. Is that, this isn't on is that the one that you found? That you packed? Did did Beth find that one, or no, how'd that go? I found that green massage stick in Beth's hand okay. when she found it. And then, <laughs> I don't have my Theragun, though. Um, but yeah, maybe just some self-care. Just taking care of myself at this point. But I'm really excited to get going. This is an area uh, where game plans, if you're tentative and you're flexible, imagine how many, how much experience is right now in level right now. Past finishers, current finishers. And they all want to talk about everybody's it. Everybody's I mean, so, so friendly, right? Yeah. Even this big time runner dude we met in Iowa Gulch stopped and just talked to us about shoes. He stopped in the middle of the trail yeah. and just talked to us for probably five minutes. I mean, yeah. gave us some tips, gave us some thoughts, and yeah, 
people are, are willing to share their experience to try to help you take on that experience and apply it. To and they're really game. encouraging, right? I mean, they all say like, you got it, you've done it. You, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. and you're like, you don't know me well enough. You wouldn't have <laughs> near that kind of confidence. <laughs> but Jeff, where are you at? That's good. Um, I feel good physically. Um, mentally, I'm afraid. Um, I mean, I won't lie to you. I, I think the task on Saturday is ginormous. Um, and I, I won't story Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Saturday and <laughs> Sunday. That's how big it is. Um, I mean, I'm, I won't sit here and lie to you. I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm afraid that maybe it doesn't go well. I'm afraid maybe I won't be in the moment enough to let it not go well and be okay. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid of potentially holding you guys back now that we're starting to want to run together. Um, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. But physically... I feel good. Um, I feel rested. I have no injuries, um, and I feel energetic. Um, but that—that's, yeah. I—I I mean, I'm, I'm ready to get it started. I think it's going to be amazing, but I am unsure. Yeah, we hiked 300 feet at elevation today, right up to the top. Yeah, of the yeah. I mean, it's physically, I feel good. Yeah. I um, your heart rate came down immediately. Sure, yeah. I know. Like it's it's not that. It's like I, I posted today. You guys go check it out. I posted about the Iowa Gulch and the goats we saw, and you know the things that are up there. And at the end, I said, you know, anybody that's got any inspirational mantras or any songs I should add to my playlist, send them my way. And that's because the the final piece to the puzzle for me is knowing that in the middle of the night, I will keep going. Well, you're not alone. I'm absolutely terrified <laughs> of this race. I'm, and I'm terrified. I'm not so much, I've said it before, not of the race, but of the results. Not running the race that I want to run or not finishing or, and dragging everybody up here. And, and there's a ton of anxiety built in with that. At work again, before I came out here, everybody asking me about talking about, it. and I'm and I'm afraid to have to go back and explain to a hundred different people why I didn't finish, and then thinking that they're thinking, oh, he's just creating excuses because he wasn't tough enough to get it done, right? And so that that part of it goes with me. But after coming out here and talking with people out here and this experience levels and them sharing their knowledge with us, makes me feel much more comfortable about this race. I feel like we have done everything that we possibly could do to to be prepared chief i think it's going to be a lot more than 100 people you have to explain it to 100 yes i know that thank you jeff <laughs> you can just explain it once on the podcast and just direct everyone there. <laughs> exactly right <laughs> i'm sorry i don't want to relive it could you just listen to that episode i took a hiatus because i'm gonna grill your ass on what happened and no excuses here yeah and yeah, I mean, Jeff's even turned into rugged Jeff while we've been out here too, you know? Listen, I, um, I, it's been a long time since physically I have felt um, as capable, and I've done a lot of things. And so I feel like our plan has got us to this point, and I think now it's kind of out of the hands of our plan, and now it's in our hands. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for it. Jared, how are you feeling? Because you had some struggles at home late in the game plan when we didn't yeah. want that. Yeah, I mean, I said it earlier today. I, I DNF'd our last two big training runs. Um, and so, you know, I mean, there's that's still in my head, obviously. Um, I feel pretty good this week. Um, the, the last couple days, the, the hike up power line, um, I felt good. I felt strong. I felt like I was fit. And I haven't felt strong and fit in 
like literally months. If it, I, I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I felt really sort of beat down by the training plan. Um, and then, you know, to have kind of two different bad outings, you know, and, and really bad outings, like outings that are, that were not overcomable in the moment, you know, that, that weighs on me for sure, because, um, you just know that's a possibility out there, but you know what, that was a possibility out there, whether those two training runs happen the way they did or not. Um, and so now I feel like in some ways I'm, I'm more in tune to making sure I'm taking care of my needs during the race nutritionally. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it is for me. And so, you know, I, I think it may help me um, in the long run because I know that there's just no margin for error for me on that stuff. Um, and so I, I don't know how I feel. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'll tell you, being out here this week, I've sort of entertained the idea of doing some other stuff, right? I mean, I've thought about what's next, what other mountain races could we go do? And I've had none of those thoughts before <laughs> this week. Um, you know, I've had the thoughts of like, I hope I do this and finish so that I never have to run a long distance again. I've had those kind of thoughts. And this week I'm sort of thinking like, hey, you know, what else have you guys done? You know, when we run into people and, oh, that sounds cool. Maybe we should look into that. And so I don't know if what, what that means um, about where I'm at mentally. But it's uh, you get out here and you get up in these mountains and you realize like this is this is going to be everything we've got. Uh, and to me, that's exactly why we're here. That's exactly why I'm here. I want it to be everything I've got and even more than what I thought I had. And hopefully that's enough. I, I thought when I was leaving my mom's, we dropped my kids off at my mom's house. I thought, I was like, hey, mom, here, I'll see you when I get back. You know, and I thought, I'm going to be a total different person when I come back and pick my kids up. Like, finish, no finish. This race is going to change. You'll never forget this day for the rest of your life. This day will be something you'll always remember. I'm really looking forward to that part of it. You know, a what's uh, Billy Yang say? A day in a life? Life in a day. Life in a day is what the title of that YouTube video. And that's, I think that's really going to sum up <laughs> the next 30 hours of that race that we're going to do. Yeah. I, I am excited to see the highs and, yeah. and the lows, right? Because I think they're going to be highs like you rarely experience. And I think they're going to be lows like you've maybe never experienced. And I'm, I'm excited for that. I yeah. want to know that. I do. I, and that's how you find out who you are, right? And when you're, when you're at those highs and those, especially the lows, especially the lows. And, um, am I as cranky as I think I am sometimes on my lows? You know? <laughs> what we've asked this question before, but, uh, for both of you guys, Jeff, you can start. When do you, when will be a point in the race where you say, you know what? I think I got this. Um, the the top of hope coming back um yeah if it's daylight maybe just there at all um it's it's hard for me to talk about it right now mm -hmm. uh, because that's such a hurdle literally such a hurdle um in the landscape but that's a hurdle for me mentally that seems like everything else physically in this course I can handle. And that is potentially the place that I can't. And so as soon as I top that, then I'll, I'll be at the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I think the same, Jeff, I think that second crest of hope 
is going to be the moment where you go, man, maybe I, maybe I got this. Maybe I can do it. I think that I may have some of those feelings even earlier, um, depending on how I feel, right? Like one of the doubts that's in my mind is, is there just some kind of wall out there where once I hit it, I, I can't go past it. I, and, and to me, it feels in the like 30 mile range. And so I think if I'm 35 and I feel good and I'm still moving and I'm under cutoffs, I think I might start to think maybe that wall's not there, right? Because that's what, I, I think that's what my sort of end of the training cycle did to me was make me question whether there's just a limit out there that when I go past it, shit hits the fan inevitably. And I'm hoping, and, and by the way, the mileage on those training runs was not very big. <laughs> and so if that's the limit, I'm really in trouble. Um, but I, I think I might start entertaining some thoughts earlier if I'm out there and I've made it through a couple lows and, and I've come back up to highs and think, you know what, I'm still going. It's still in there. Um, and so I could imagine that being, you know, before Twin Lakes outbound. Um, but so you're saying first time in Twin Lakes will be basically you make it there feeling good. Yeah, that's 38. I, I think if, if, if I make it there and I feel like I've got something left, because I think, you know, I think it's true that if you've got enough left to get back to Twin Lakes, you can make it. Yeah. Whether you've got anything left or not at that point, right? Um, you can eke it home from there. Um, and so that's that's what I'm thinking. If I'm coming into Twin Lakes feeling like I've got anything left to give it to Hope, I'm going to feel pretty good. I think that's where it's going to be mutually beneficial for us to run together for as much as yeah. we can because we're going to help guide ourselves to that. Nobody knows each other's run running-wise than us three right here, right? We've, yeah. we've ran so much together that getting you over that initial hurdle to 30 or getting me to slow down and, and, and pace myself properly so I do have fresh legs going into hope. And then you coming along and all of us just together running, I, I mean, as much as we can. And at the end of the day, if we split off, hey, we split off. It's, it's just part of the game plan. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit in that. And I share a lot of the same of Jeff of coming over hope, the second time, emotions running, you, uh, you, all this training you've done, and here you are, it's still sunlight, and you got to, you get to run downhill to Twin Lakes. And I'm sure the wives are going to be extremely happy to see us after eight hours of Twin Lakes. <laughs> yeah, <no kidding. laughs> so nobody would be more excited to see us than our crew chiefs. You, you know, that's funny because that's going to be the worst part of the race for us and them. Yeah. Is, know, twi- is that hope? It, yeah. It's just going to be so long and, and honestly and so, so much wondering, so much doubt. Yes. Right. God. So that you, can you just imagine if you're sitting there at Twin Lakes seeing us leave and you're waiting at Twin Lakes for us to come back, knowing what's in between there? Yeah. That's going to be heavy. And if you're them. just five minutes off schedule, the thoughts that start going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, can, I can't imagine. Listen, I think the crew um, chief's job is much more difficult than ours, really. We're focusing on one thing, and they're going to balance. Don't agree with that, but they're going to balance the whole day. Um, so I, I, you know, this is also going to be something that we are going to get to experience with our families and stuff like that. Which I think, as we look back on it from the years, it will be just an amazing thing to go. Wow, that was such an amazing thirty hours. Uh, I hope that's right, Jeff. I mean, one thing that I want, you know, that I want us to remember, but I also want people listening to remember is. 
it's it's so hard to remember and recall and experience um, the race atmosphere during the training, right? I mean, having gotten out here and now feeling like I'm sort of in the race atmosphere, I'm like, man, I'm so glad we did it. Man, I would, you know, I'd go back over and do the training again, right? Well, if you'd asked me four weeks ago, I'd have told you like, you know, this is stupid. I wish I hadn't have done it. And, um, and so just don't forget kind of what that feeling is like when you get to what you've been training for and you get that opportunity to test, you know, do I have it or do I not? Have I done enough or have I not? Like getting into that battle is, it makes so much make sense to you. It makes so many things worth it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I got a question for you guys, a little bit of a lighter note. Um, who are you anxious to see as they pass us trying to win the race? Hey, who, who says anybody's passing us? Oh, hey. listen, unless we're starting in the beginning. <laughs> we're gonna be, we may never see some of these. Uh, so, you know, of course, they talk about Ian Sherman. No, you Sherman. say one guy. Sherman. You say one guy. Yeah, no, everybody talks about them. They talk about Anton. Yeah. These guys are previous winners going to be racing, which is exciting. Like it's the guy that we met up today. Like I'm kind of rooting for him. You know, say, I knew you were gonna say yeah, that. I, yeah. I, I maybe I'm just being a a fanboy here or whatever. But yeah. the guy we looked up his toss stats, his name out there. Tyler Andrews. Yeah. He's a Hoka runner. He's a two fifteen marathoner. He's living in a Hertz van at elevation right now. <laughs> the guy is that yeah, we watched him run down. And he's um, from Flagstaff. He's from Flagstaff. Yeah. Um, but are you're rooting for him because he was so nice, yes. right? I mean, and it's like look at you got so nice three. You know, the, the three okay runners here that this elite runner, you know, comes across. I've got flip-flops on carrying a Yeti cooler over my shoulder. You know, we run into this guy who's descending a 14 or four days before level. No, no. And so, oh, but, and but he stopped he, and he was so nice yeah. and he was he shared wisdom with us and thoughts and ideas and like he didn't he didn't have to do that and, no, you know no. and I wouldn't do that I'd be like dude I'm elite what are you doing <laughs> you're not gonna finish don't tell me you, you guys with your Yeti pack and go do that 14 are yeah. you crazy hey but you know what we did try today the athletic brewing the non alcoholic yes, beer it's yes. kind of it's it's blowing up in like the endurance sports world sure. I know a lot of the triathletes are on it and stuff and I tell you it tasted like beer it did it was, it was pretty good we had, the, we had the golden it's pretty good it was yeah. not bad at all. And, uh, but I'm, I don't want to say that the Anton and Ian guy, they're probably nice guys too. Yeah, no. We yeah. haven't run into them. Right. But I, I'll, I'll be yelling for Tyler as he runs by, you know? I would love to see Ian run by. You I will. Have, I have watched some videos of him run. I've listened to him speak on numerous platforms. And I just like his approach and his kind of calm demeanor. I would love to see him focus running by for a second. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Anton too. I mean, I, it amazes me he goes out there with one handheld bottle and uh, hammers out these races. I'm I'm packed down with like forty pounds of shit <laughs> in my pack to make it between a six mile aid station. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. so it's just amazing to me that uh, you know you got one handheld bottle and you just knock it out. That's crazy. You know, yeah, we were were kind of talking about what's in the bottle, but I'm sure it's some caloric drink or something. But, yeah, just to do it on 500 milliliters, those split, like those different aid stations like that. And the guy is experienced, so he knows what he's doing, right? And so he won the darn thing. I mean. Twice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, let's wrap it up. We've been going a long time. I know it's, we could do a podcast for an hour and a half because we've got so many kind of thoughts and emotions and uh, feelings that are 
percolating right now with just a couple days left. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we'll see how it folds unfolds over the next two days. I think, you know, it'll go back and forth. It does for me kind of daily when I think about something, I might feel pretty good. And then I get reminded real quick, you know, when I put my sweatpants on at night and I get a little winded, I'm like, Oh boy, <laughs> dead meat, dead meat here, guys. Um, so, you know, it just goes back and forth. Stub a toe and you're like, Oh, that hurts so bad. I'm not that tough. Yeah. I'm not that tough. Seriously. So, yeah, I mean, this thing, it's kind of therapeutic for us to like talking to the mic and share what we're thinking and feeling, right? Get it all out there on the table. But uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. And I appreciate We're going to drop this episode early. So that if you're listening, you're in Leadville, come by and see us, the RV Corral, uh, black truck out there. And um, yeah, we look forward to talking to whoever wants to come by and we'll talk game plans, that kind of stuff. And there's definitely experience around here. So you can find me at Savage Navy Chief on Instagram. Jeff Boyer 75, Iron Man Lawyer, 3OK Runners, and 3OK Runners at gmail.com. Again, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we will see you on the other side.